you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast is king in the north. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Colleen Wolf, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, team? Ho! That's a different open for you today. Ho! That was that was mixing yeah. it up. I messed with the cadence a little bit. Yeah. And I it was a test actually uh, to see if you guys now as we are entering the dark period of the NFL calendar, are you still sharp or are you kicking your legs up and not paying attention? Gold stars for everybody. That's great. Oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Skip. I mean, the managing doesn't <laughs> stop uh, on the softball field. I kind of would like the managing to stop after our team blew a 10-2 lead. What? Let's talk about that. And a walk-off 11-10 loss uh, for the Shield, which dropped us to 4-4. Four and four. Very disappointing. Uh, I will be making some moves. I will be making some changes. We. This is good. It's actually like when you bench a quarterback, but you wait until your bye week's coming up, so you give the guy coming in two weeks to get up to speed with the offense and get comfortable. We have our bye uh, coming up. Our final buy of the season, and there will be changes in the lineup. Are you going to announce them here on the pod? Uh, no, out of respect for the people involved, they want to have some private conversations. Mm. And uh, if if you have any other questions about what's going on with the team, it's it's open. Uh, well, can I ask you one? Yeah, you blow Mark a, you blow a ten two lead. Yes. Um, again, I don't want you to name necessarily name people you can if you'd like but what did anyone stand out as sort of a you know the scapegoat in that situation <laughs> you know mark it is a <clears throat> it's a team game and and i don't think there was any one if you're looking for you're you're looking to hang goat horns i'm, I, not gonna I'm hang just go, asking i'm, I'm asking horns. i mean you have to ask the question i understand that's part of right, your job it's part of my job <laughs> but we lost as a team just like we win as a team and we lost as a team anything else how's the mood in the clubhouse like with the record now i mean 500 it's rough um, I don't think anybody really cares. Oh, that's a that's problem. Not true. You know, that's a uh, major problem. That's not true. As I care. You know, I know other as, people that care. As long Do as you as care? Cool. I care very much. I care too much, in fact. Um, but as long as the the cooler is filled with beers, I think everyone else moves on pretty quickly on our team. I'll, I'll put it that way. And that maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe we have a culture issue. Maybe well, that's part of this. Well, issue. One last Doesn't question. that start with the manager? Last question. Well, last, last question. question because there was a lot of. You I know, got time for one more, guys. And then I got a go. lot of celebration <laughs> coming off of last last year's amazing championship victory. Was the attitude coming into this season the correct one? Well, the attitude by the team was the, was the team you know okay. humble enough? Were they saying this is a new season? Where they just coast? Do I believe that there might have been? We're Hangover. suffering a little bit from the disease of more. A little bit, yes. Mm. There's been some issues. I've had to put out a lot of fires this season. We're missing some people. The most important uh, player for me is Chris Wessling, who is not only uh, my third baseman 
and my leading hitter last season, but also my Don Zimmer. He's my consigliere. Uh, so not having him to strategize, which that's 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 been very difficult. So I think and me too, not there. Connie Fox hasn't been there to right. order Postmates beer orders from left <laughs> center field. So there's been a lot of issues. Greg has been a, a I don't even want to call it a surprise, but Greg has been a, a nice uh, player for us this season and has definitely helped us. Every game I've seen, Greg has been yeah seriously Greg is, solid on, if, if, at if the people, plate in the field. If people want to parse my words and try to spin this into me saying Greg's the problem, absolutely not. Greg Rosenthal's doing a great job out there, and um, we'll get back on track. I'm going to show or we up won't. to root for you guys next week. It's a <laughs> bye week, though. <laughs> got you. Okay. I got you. Well done. All right, and that concludes the Shield press conference. Four and four. <laughs> we are a game Surprise. out. We are a game out of the playoffs with uh, four to play. So we'll keep you updated there. Today's show is a good one. Uh, mini camps are over. As I said, this is the dark period. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to pose some unsolved mysteries as we enter the National Football League's dark game. I want to see you do the drums again for this. <laughs> what a show. Um, and Greg, you know, I don't like to you know get on you too much about the you were born at age 32, but when you told us during our meeting before the show that you had never seen an episode of Unsolved Mysteries as a man born in 1979, which would have put you whatever that's a, that's a that show for world. that's a show for 50 and 60 year olds. I, I watched know. it. I'm watching uh, MTV as a kid. Well, I that's mean, an I, opinion that's... because I lo- enjoyed it immensely at age like 15, 16 years old. Yeah, I, I'm just things. saying. I don't think that makes me look. That makes me old that I'm watching different shows other than Unsolved that you've never Mysteries. seen. If you were like a teenager. <laughs> in the early 90s, and you never saw a single di- episode of Unsolved Mysteries, that was like one of the, like a go-to like scary show for that generation. For years and years, I thought I was going to spontaneously combust after seeing one Very episode. Very stressful show. Yeah. So what? So are we working on the theory? It was like 2001 when and Greg came out of the like cryogenic freeze at 32 years old. What was the year you think it happened? Right before the Patriots first Super Bowl. You know, my mom listens to this podcast. She'll take offense that all of those tough years of child rearing <laughs> being dismissed. Ignored. That's, dismissed. that's not fair for her. That is not fair at all. Sorry, Deb. Uh, Deb Rosenthal, right? Yeah, that's right. Shout out to Very. Deb. Uh, all right. So, yes, we'll, we'll break down the Unsolved Mysteries. We're also going to get um, uh, Mike Garofolo on the phone. He's been bouncing around mini camps uh, this week, including a trip to Tampa. And you know how excited I am about what's going on in Tampa, uh, uh, specifically in the special teams room. Almost so, exclusively. Yeah, pretty much exclusively <laughs> about what's going on in that special teams room. So we'll talk to Mike about the Bucks, about the special teams room, and about anything else that he came across this week. And then we're going to do some news. And to do that, we got to check behind the glass. There he is. Again, he survived a trip to Mexico where 80,000 people wanted him underground but here he is behind the glass so yeah still uh still uh walking along walking tall fellas and we don't want to paint all <laughs> all people of mexico with the same brush like everyone wanted to kill sully i'm just going no. by the brush that that sully painted of the he people painted of, that he no i did not paint yes, that I, I quote said that it was a great time down in mexico other than game day <laughs> but uh, happy Friday, guys. Haven't done a Friday show in a long time. Yeah, it's fun to do a Friday show. And, yeah. and Sully's a good time guy. So uh, when you have Sully behind the glass on a Friday morning, we're flying. So let's do some news. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> what was that? I, I feel kind of bad because on the last show, you know, we called out certain phrases, uh, you know, jargon, slang that we thought had definitely reached their expiration date. <laughs> And I was, it was came to my attention over Twitter that on a recent Move the Sticks podcast, oh, no. awesome sauce had come out of your mouth, Sully. So it was not aimed that oh, you were no. not the unidentified white male that I right. that I overheard saying that. Context: We were talking about Dreamland Barbecue, and I said they have awesome sauce. That's oh, a, see, that's different. Okay, that's so the way per, different. the person that's that tweeted different. at me that's had way a, different. That's a context issue from the person oh, that tweeted yeah, at me. So exactly. you're, you're not even on the radar. I know who that guy is. He's a he's a loser. Wow. <laughs> he he does a podcast with one of our uh, former mates, Kent Brown. 
Oh yes, yes. He's uh, been he, for some reason he has a beef to, or, an, or an axe to grind with. Oh wait, he's know. the bartender. He at, is uh, not a loser. He is that is a, wow. I love a, the beef. A friend I of love, the show. By I the love way. this beef. That he's, a, he's the bartender. Noel. At Noel. Oh, cool. Yeah. Good oh, well, no, I yeah, met good him, him before. Yeah, he's a nice, nice guy. Great yeah, guy. Cool. So you kind yeah. of you know team Noel. Now you're back on the radar. I think he gave me. I could be on the radar. Wow, I like this heat. That's fine. I like this heat. Yeah. Good knowledge there. Yeah, knowledge. All right, knowledge. All right, let's do some news. Let's start with uh, some not-so-pleasant news in New Orleans where NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported that left tackle Teron Armstead is scheduled for surgery on Monday to repair a torn labrum. Per Rappaport, Armstead suffered the injury on Wednesday and had tests on Thursday that confirmed a torn labrum. Uh, The timetable for Armstead's rehab is four to six months. Uh, which is the second time in uh, two shows that we've heard that timetable, which, again, puts you either in October or December. And uh, this, uh, Greg Rosenthal, is pretty much the worst-case scenario in these. you got a couple minicamp practices before you go dark and get ready for minicamp, and you lose a key part of your team. I think he's the second-best player on the Saints. Ooh. I mean, when he's when he's at his best, he's one of the best left tackles in the league. They not only are losing, you know, their second best player, they have their two best offensive linemen. Everyone's talking about Adrian Peterson's going to be running behind this great offensive line who, who played pretty well last year. Their two off best offensive linemen, Teron Armstead and Max Unger, are both coming off major injuries. So they've they've had a rough offseason in New yeah. Orleans. I can't think of another team that's taken two big injury hits like that. It's a good yeah. thing that they drafted Ryan Ramchek, but like they're going to have to put him a lot. probably in the starting lineup right away. Very, very tough situation. They have um, uh, Andrews Pete, who's an option now for them. Uh, Khalif Barnes, but it's very grim. Yeah, they didn't want Ramchek. All of a sudden, they didn't want him. They wanted to draft Ruben Foster. Maybe it'll work out, but he's coming off a serious injury, and he's played one year of competitive football at a high level. I mean, he was a risk, not a risky pick, but a guy you really hadn't seen much. Played one year at Wisconsin. That, that's all they And it feels like at. a team that's going to need to score about 28 points a game to, you know, get above the eight-win mark. And um, just a note, if you're curious what the Saints think of uh, Tron Armstead, he signed a five-year, $65.25 million contract extension last offseason. Uh, moving on, <clears throat> let's talk a little Rams. And Greg, listen, Greg, when you went – uh, poking in Thousand Oaken? What was it? What? <laughs> Greg pokes in Thousand Oaks. That's is what that Greg what it was? Pokes yes, in Thousand Oaks. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you did make the note, and it was very perceptive, Greg, that Greg Robinson, the 2014 number two overall pick of the Rams, uh, was not working with the first or second team. Uh, basically, was just he was, was he being a, like a, a water jockey or something. He what like had that? a couple snaps maybe with the second team, but no, he's watching the action. He's just standing there with a bunch of other offensive linemen watching. All right, so connect the dots because a day later the Rams the Rams traded. Jump the, it on your insider territory. I like that. Well, not we don't have your drop yet. We're gonna work on it though because <laughs> you get a couple more like these, and you you can get your own. You're drop. in the club. You're in the club. All leather. Uh, you know, dark liquor. Thank you very much. Here with NFL.com's oh, no. no. Greg oh, Rosenthal. Yeah. I thought we were getting danced. NFL.com. The NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal. I mean, Greg pointed at Sully thinking he was going to get something else there, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. The Rams traded the offensive tackle to the Detroit Lions for a 2018 six-round pick. Rap Sheet reported ESPN first had the news. Uh, the Lions have a need at offensive tackle after their starter, Taylor Decker, uh, had uh, shoulder surgery. He is also out that, that mystical four to six months number. Uh, so there's a need for the Lions. Mystical. And I, well, it's just strange that that exact same timetable popped up two shows in a row for me. I don't know why. Uh, but um, my question, uh, Mark Sessler, is this. Uh, when the Rams next play the Redskins... Hmm. Will they send out their 2018 sixth round pick for the coin toss as a team captain? It's getting harder to, uh, you know, do ridiculous on field processions like that for the Rams. Maybe they uh, wheel out Jeff Fisher. I mean, it's 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 funny because like in a Hannibal Lecter thing with the mask and everything. I mean, it's like there are a lot of guilty parties here, and you look at what they got for that. Reds in that Redskins trade, and there's not much left. There really isn't. What is there's, there's Alec Ogletree and 
who's been a big time he, leader he, for that team. So he he is. But there were eight that. players in that draft hall, and, the, and two of them are still active. At the on the flip side, you know, not to get into the Redskins side, but they also. They equally botched it. No one really won this. The Rams might have. I don't even think the Redskins by... botched it, to be honest with you. I, well, I, they botched it with how they handled the I mean, player that they back, got. Yeah. The results. The results. The results, it didn't work out. But right. they, I thought they hit a home run for three months. It looked like it. Oh, well. Anyway, any other thoughts on Greg Robinson? Uh, it does. I mean, and Colleen, maybe we're going to have some time to talk. We'll have to break down. You had a, a special night out with um, a certain NFL official connected to this story oh uh, front office official but let's let's just well and, and the whole now. family the whole the family fa- yes. yes including <laughs> including of course john gonzalez who John Ronald Gonzalez, born March 12, 1977, is an American sports writer who is married to NFL media broadcaster Colleen Wolf. John, who's a Pisces, resides in Los Angeles with his wife and two dogs. Is that one of the unsolved mysteries we're going to get to? <laughs> I mean, I'm... I... <laughs> one of them, maybe. This, Greg, was the theme song to Unsolved yes, Mysteries. Yes, I knew that. <laughs> I know that. Hosted by Colleen. Oh, Stack. Um, Robert Stack. Robert Stack. Robert Stack. I think, I think, Robbie. I think Les Need has to be pleasantly surprised he got anything for Greg Robinson. That surprises me. I mean, this guy was a total bust. Yeah. He got a sixth-round pick back. But let's not hand out any lollipops. No, here. no, I get it. 2014 second Wait. overall pick turns into a 2018 sixth-round pick. It's about as bad as it gets. Lions also picked up Cyrus Quanjo. I mean, Ooh. they. I mean, they have a bad history. They drafted. J- Remember Jason Smith? That's another all-time number two overall pick uh, yes. bust that the Rams took way way back in the day. Michael Floyd's in more trouble, and uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, as of the taping of this podcast, TMZ reported Friday that the Vikings wide receiver tested positive for alcohol this week. Floyd, uh, as you may or may not be aware, is on house arrest and prohibited from consuming alcohol at all as part of his sentence for an extreme DUI uh, stemming from an arrest in Arizona in December. Floyd was cut by the Cardinals after that arrest, landed with the Patriots, got a ring, then signed to the Vikings, who want they, they believe that he can make a big impact, but now we don't know what's going to happen. Rap Sheet reported that F- Floyd is due back in Scottsdale court on June 26th to explain the flagged tech, uh, tests. And um, there was a report out there that uh, Floyd stated, or a rap report reported, that he drank kombucha tea. Kombucha. Kombucha. Kombucha tea, which explains why the, the sample contained alcohol. Uh, Mark, you are, your body's looking tight and right right now. A lot of people have pointed to Don't shake a um, black magic slash voodoo uh, diet that you're on. And kombucha is a major part of it, isn't it? Uh, well, that is not true. It is in our. We do have it in our refrigerator, though. Are you on a black magic diet? Yes I or no? Not. It's called. The, <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm experimenting with the Tom Brady diet. Black magic? No, thank you. I, will I say love this. kombucha. Yeah, it's. It's. I think in L. A. It is. It is in the last year or two. It's gotten extremely popular. I have in my hand right now. Um, some kombucha that was uh, gifted to us from uh, by Jeremy Bergman, Burgo down on the desk. Ah. A great dude, a real mensch, uh, a Jets fan too, and a Yankee. Fan. Be careful! Be careful! I just, Why? I shook it a little. Greg was shaking it. Stupid. So just be. Why is it carbonated? Yeah, you don't want to shake it. What is this thing? I've never had kombucha, uh, but Burgo <laughs> waving it around offered just, it to us. Yeah, do that thing where it's you know a nice slow. There you go. Uh, so I'm going to try it for the first time. I have some cups here. Does anybody else want some? I'll try some. Yeah. I'll drink right So there the is a low yeah. amount of alcohol oh, in kombucha. I have that. some. Uh, yeah, I, I did a little I digging. I just spilled on, on our equipment. Is that a problem? <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I'm not part of the show. Yeah, probably. It was fun. All right. Ew, what, keep keep well, liquids away from them. This looks like, and it's and this might seem a little crass, this looks like the urine that after like a long sleep. <laughs> And and it's very dark. Very very dark. Yeah. Pee pee. Lot of toxins coming out of you. Here's some dark. I mean, the alcohol. I mean, it looks like pee-pee. beer. It, it, it says less than. Yeah, it, look, it looks like an IPA. Are we drinking on the job? All right, I'm gonna try it. First time ever kombucha. Tastes good. It's delicious. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> the, you you are you're doing your best to get as many swallowing sounds as you can get into this segment. I can tell. It's gross. Ew, no, stop. Oh, no, oh. This side of the table wants <laughs> yeah. nothing to do with that. 
I use okay. the cough right. button for because I know Mark is a, a, Ew. Uh, a, col- a closet misophonia. I am too. Yeah, I'm out in the open about it. It's, it's not a real thing. <laughs> this is good though. I like kombucha. But yeah. But it, so it says the alcohol level here is 0.5 percent. Well, yes, you're know. right. It, Here's the thing. I, I, I a site that I um, went to the Phoenix DUI blog. You know, I know we visited. <laughs> Uh, but listen to what they wrote. Well, you haven't been on that since that Super Bowl a couple years ago. That's exactly <laughs> right. It still exists. It's thriving. <laughs> it says, why does this tea need to be regulated? It's, a, it's basically saying that you can get a DUI from kombucha tea. It says, why does this tea need to be regulated as an alcoholic beverage? Some bottles of kombucha contain more than 0.5%. Some of them do in the drink, which is the legal limit for a drink to be considered non-alcoholic. For this reason, some retail stores like Whole Foods have removed raw kombucha from their stores altogether. Now, if you're downing this stuff hour after hour, which if you're Michael Floyd, if this is your excuse, you should also have done enough research to know that it has a little bit of juice to it. A lot of them have warnings at the top. Like at Whole Foods, they have warnings on the top that it contains a low percentage of It says right here, and he also has a high, his blood alcohol level was reported at 0.055. I don't know. I mean, I'm not an expert. That's a lot of kombucha. I feel like you you would have to drink a lot of kombucha. All right. Yeah. Well, so we'll see what happens. That could. (laughs) And they were, it was at six in the morning. It was between uh, what have you been drinking kombucha all night long? <laughs> Connect those dots. He one also more time. denied the report, though, too. I mean, it, it was it, totally that's fair false. to point out. All jokes aside, it it's sad for him. He was in house arrest for ninety six days. Right. He was ninety days into it. Oh my god! And you know, you you worry that he's struggling. The problem, if if you're if you're not if if this is happening, or he's trying to get his probiotics. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see, but that could be a problem for the major f- problem for the Vikings because if a judge is not happy with what he learns and not happy with the explanation, he can get thrown back in jail. Well, one one quickly unsolved mystery that we won't get to later in the show is how long is Michael Floyd going to be suspended for? Because his suspension has not come down from the NFL. That's been one of the hanging issues, and I think they were waiting for this to wrap up. Right and now, there's would, a whole other right. Thing you to you would think for. this is not going to help him keep that suspension at a low number. Uh, moving on, Mark, we wondered if uh, this would be a good test for uh, does God hate the Browns? We can move away from does God hate Cleveland. No, does not hate Cleveland. Does he hate the Browns? Miles Garrett limps off uh, from a minicamp practice with what was uh, called a foot injury. Uh, however, Rap Sheet reports that uh, the left foot is reportedly fine. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot of the Plain Dealer reported that Garrett was still at the team complex being evaluated uh, after the pass rusher limped off on Wednesday. Uh, No further details, but Coach Hugh Jackson said Wednesday that it is a, quote, good sign to see Garrett leave the field without a trainer. Mark, I know you are as plugged in as anybody on what's going on around the Browns. Any other juice uh, around this situation? Well, right before we got up here, someone tweeted a photo uh, from Hopkins International Airport in Cleveland of Miles Garrett. Um, leaving town, but in a walking boot. So uh, f- maybe he, in general, he will be fine by camp, but that, there's something going I don't, on here. Yeah, that is something, um, as a doctor, I can tell you. No, uh, but I can say that that is used as a precautionary Absolutely. measure as yeah. much as it is for something serious. Uh, so that, that doesn't necessarily tell you I mean, anything. The Browns haven't said anything. Uh, moving on, the Colts. Oh, not again. Kristen what? Michael, who was signed by the Colts. <laughs> Um, recently is now being placed on injured reserve. And, you know, I think that this is something. Hold on. What? Beto powers activated. I'm deep six in this story. Do you hey, care? To, you don't have to give an explanation. I got a plane to catch to get out of here. I don't have time to talk Kristen Michael for the 18th activated. time. He's Beto out. Powers activated. Moving on. I love that veto. Here's something that I will never veto. Um, because I wrote about it on the end around yesterday morning. Bucks camp came to a close in the most wonderful way possible. It came down to this. Now, paint this picture. And, Colleen, I just got to let you know. I know you've given me a little bit of a hard time about. I would never give you a hard time. Yeah, just a little bit, though, about uh, one of the great, one of the great battles that we're seeing unfurl ever in an NFL offseason. Aguayo. Folk. 
It makes Mayweather McGregor look like a landfill of baby puke. Looks like that guy got into the kombucha. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, as we know, quick refresher, and I have the whole thing written up on the end round if if you're not caught up, but... Aguayo v. Folk, Nick Folk, for the job uh, in Tampa and uh, after a shaky OTA's performance by Aguayo when he he yacked it on those narrow goalposts. He came back this week, and we talked about it on uh, on Wednesday's show. He had a nice showing uh, in the earlier practice this week, and then, in fact, Dirk Cutter even went as far to say that he had won that day of practice, which was a little weird, I thought. But then, to end minicamp... And send the Bucks into their summer vacation. What does Dirk do? Master motivator that he is. He sends those two kickers out to the middle of the field by themselves. And they have to kick. They have to hit two kicks. Both. From, I believe it was. Let me get the exact distance here. So from much pressure. 44 and 52. Hmm. And they have to hit four in a row to end minicamp a half hour early. Mm. They both drill them. Ooh, All what? four. And uh, that's why, and I know this because Mike Garofolo of NFL Media was there Plugged in Tampa. In. He saw, and then this is the, the I'm using the, the words right from Mike Garofolo. <laughs> Both men, quote, swarmed by teammates. You tell me this is not a big storyline in and around that building. Mike, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. Yeah, is it too late to take that word swarmed back? Because I feel like I... <laughs> Now vaulted a uh, rather ordinary experience oh. in the friggin' Rudy getting carried <laughs> off the field. Was there Gatorade involved? There was no Gatorade. Right. But but this many, has to be a best tiers? case scenario. Like you could have been sent out to any one of the thirty-two teams, and it just happens to be that you're sent out to the epicenter of what's happening in the NFL on Thursday. I mean, I knew why I was there, and it was for Rob. It was for Roberto Aguayo versus Nick Folk. I, mean, I know, I know. Damn right. Is. I'm no dummy. <laughs> uh, and, and listen, if there, if there are haters on Twitter that, that say, "Why are we talking about this? It's June," you know what? Stick it, because frankly, I care about kicking competitions, especially when it's a guy like Nick Folk, and not just look. Usually, the second kicker guy in in a in a camp is. A guy that's just like getting some kicks in. He's going to get some tape in the preseason, and then maybe he turns into Brandon McManus. Maybe he gets cut, and then he becomes a real kicker in the league. But in this case, you got Nick Folk, so it's a guy that's made big kicks in his career before. It's so the Folk that, hero. That makes it, 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 see, Rex Ryan comes to the podium after the game and suggests <laughs> Folk hero as the, the the headline for the tabloids, and and you know he, he takes off. So it's a real thing, and I don't care what anybody says. It's a real thing. And you know what? If you're fired up about it, Dan Handus, I'm fired up about it. Yeah, th- thank you, Mike. And I should also say a real thing is that uh, Mike Garofolo is on the underpants line sponsored by MeUndies. Ooh. Ah, Mike, do you, are you wearing MeUndies right now? Uh, no, I'm wearing my undies. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. But, but that's only because you guys haven't sent me any yet. So that's the only reason why. I just Otherwise, got my first pair. Yeah. If you, if she you did. guys had it's sent them to me, I... Frankly, if you guys send them to me, I'll do them in only me undies. I'll do these. We, we can do that. <laughs> They're very soft. You're going to like them. So, so Mike, so you – any other t- – I know that I only care about what you just talked about when it comes to Bucks camp, but they're also a very buzzy team across the NFL in this room in our podcast. Um, any other takeaways from your time in Tampa? And then we just wanted to hit on some other places you were this week. But any other takeaways from Tampa? Yeah, listen, there's, there's – um, it's, I, I went to Jacksonville, and then I went to Tampa. And in Jacksonville, we can get to them in a second, but in Jacksonville, it was all about kind of tamping down expectations, whereas in Tampa, it was really about embracing them. And, and at least the players were. I mean, the, the coaches and, the, and, and everybody else will always be more cautious, but I, I talked to Gerald McCoy about it after practice, and uh, he said, you know, when, when, when the team goes out and signs guys over the last two years, like J.R. Sweezy and now Deshaun Jackson, and they make the additions that they've made, it's a signal to guys that have been around for a while, uh, members of the core like like McCoy and maybe Levante David and a couple other guys that, you know, now it's time. I mean, that's the way McCoy put it to me. Yeah, it's time. It's, it's not just, okay, we're building something. It's It's been built, and now what are we going to do with it? And and Jameis Winston and, and Cameron Brake were, were having a little 
catch at the end of practice after everybody else left the field. They're working on corner routes. Matter of fact, if you're on, if you follow me on Snapchat, you saw this. Bray actually threw some to Jameis. I don't know why they did that. It wasn't a trick play. They just felt like doing it. But then it went back to Jameis throwing them to, to, to Cameron Bray, mm. and he catches the last one. They're walking off the field, and Jameis says, all right, now let's go win the Super Bowl. So <laughs> and, you know, it's, these guys are, are embracing the thought of them being a, a, a promising team in a very tough division, I might add. Mike, so, frankly, it, there's going to be – hold on. There's going to be a team on paper in the NFC South that looks great that it's going to have a sub-500 record just because you can't possibly have everybody be competitive. Hmm. Well, you kind of forget how long it's been since – I mean, these are heady expectations to have when your team hasn't won a single playoff game since they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's 15 yeah. years. They haven't been to the playoffs in a decade, so they're up there on the list of you know the longest droughts of not even making the playoffs. That, that's a big jump. You buying yeah, into this uh, – sorry, go ahead, yeah, Mike. They, they, they've, got, they've got all the pieces, and, and they feel like – uh, Winston is really, you know, stepping into his own. It's, it's, you know, you you always hear, oh, he, a guy's been the same way, or he, he's, he's right now he's been the same way uh, the whole time he's been here. And, and to an extent that that's true with Winston, because you remember him being that vocal guy. He's always a vocal guy. He's at the door of rookie camp when he's a rookie, greeting all the other rookies coming in. You're saying, oh, this guy's going to be a leader right away. So he still acts the same way, and he's still very vocal, but now it carries a little more weight because – He's actually put some things together on the field. He's been there for a while. Uh, and, and, the, and the longer you're in a place and you're a quarterback, and somebody, a team official there said to me yesterday, he is the unquestioned leader of the team right now, and nobody's questioning it. Even the Gerald McCoys of the world who have been around longer will look at it and say, no, no, that's our leader right there. So uh, that, that's why they feel uh, pretty good. I should, one of the tidbit, I forgot to work this in on, on the air yesterday. Um, during the down period, before official off-season workouts began, Dirk Cutter goes down to the office. It was before 6 a.m., uh, and he goes down in the lobby of the facility, and, and Jameis was there reading a book about leadership. And he went up to Jason Light's office and told him, you're not going to believe he's, he's down there because he had he just wanted to be here. This, this, is, this is where he works. He doesn't care that it's not official workouts. He's going to work out on his own later, but he's here before 6 a.m. reading a book about leadership. So that's why they're excited about this guy. Kind of like that, kind of like that. Hey, you were in Jacksonville too, right, Mike? I was, um, and I, every time I mentioned to – I sat and talked with Doug Marone, I sat and talked with, with Dave Caldwell, and every time I kind of mentioned about how talented they are, uh, they reminded me that uh, they haven't played a game yet this year. So it's they're tired of hearing things like how much talent they have, how much uh, potential, that this is the Jaguars' year. They're tired of hearing it because they haven't gone out and done it. And – they are getting a direct approach from their head coach now. Uh, Gus Bradley was a, a very positive guy. Not that Doug Marone is a positive guy, but Doug Marone is, is telling these guys, you know, look, there's, they're talking about it and there's actually doing it. We've got to go out and do it. And in addition to that, Tom Coughlin's presence, along with Marone, uh, has led to some pretty intense practices for these guys. I mentioned it in our reporter's notebook, which is online right now. You can go read on NFL.com. Nice plug. Uh, the... I was leaving the facility, uh, we're getting ready to drive to Tampa, and this typical Florida thunderstorm, but for people who aren't from uh, Florida, I mean, it looked like the world was going to end. And, and two guys, one guy comes out and says, why could this not have happened when we were practicing earlier? Uh, and then the other guy comes out and he's like, please keep raining all the way through tomorrow's practice. Because as much as they can under the rules of the collective bargaining agreement, the Jaguars have pushed these guys to the limit. And if they think this was bad, wait till the pads come on in training camp. Mm. Uh, they are really setting a tone down there. Tom and, Coffin uh, doesn't the play. Are feeling. Do you, you, no, and neither does Marone. He's he. he got, I don't. Know, I like Gus Bradley a lot. I think he's a terrific defensive coach. I think if he becomes a head coach again, he'll probably have learned some mistakes from being a head coach. He's not a uh, a hard line direct communicator sometimes, and I think that that was a downfall. Doug Marone is exactly the opposite of that, and, and he is uh, directly and bluntly communicating with this guy, uh, with these guys. I mentioned this on air the other day. He told Blake Bortles, if you continue to turn the ball over, you're not going to be our quarterback. Everything else we can work on, that is non-negotiable. That was a direct quote from Doug Marone. So uh, they, are, they are getting that tone set for them verbally, physically, all kinds of stuff down there. Do you think that it's sustainable 
for Coughlin to be such a uh, large mouthpiece in Jacksonville, along with Marone, that there's any sort of overlap there? Or is it just working out great and everything's amazing in Jacksonville until the games begin? Well, it, it, the games haven't been played yet. Games haven't been played yet, so i got to temper anything. But I did ask about that, and I, I talked to Dave Caldwell about it. I talked to uh, uh, Marone about it. I, I only saw Coughlin passing by briefly in the hallway. We had a little exchange. But uh, uh, Caldwell... He was he was up. Look, he said when this happened, he knew it was going to happen. He could embrace it or he could fight it, right? So he he didn't really know Coughlin that well, but he says that the two of them are really aligned in their philosophies and the way they look at things. Uh, you might not know that because they've got two different personalities, and, and, and Caldwell's a bit laid back, and, and, and Coughlin is very much not laid back. Uh, but the other thing is that uh, Caldwell had a as a general manager of a team. It's about more than just picking players. And a lot of times, you've got so many things on your plate. And he said it's been really good for him because a lot of these things are now falling on Coughlin, and he's just another voice that he can can bounce stuff off of. Uh, so he's he's actually he said had Coughlin not been here, there may have been some transactions that would have been different. I don't want to speak in detail. I believe he said don't go into detail on it when he, when we talked about this. But uh, there are some things that he did that he was able to bounce off Coughlin, and they talked things through. And he said, you know, had I not had that, things wouldn't have gone the way that they did. And uh, he really believes that the team is better for it. Um, two more things real quick. First of all, yes. uh, now that we're entering the dark period of the calendar for the NFL, does this? are you just going to be a bar fly in Hoboken, just bouncing around the, the path bars, going a little bit uptown, you know, just getting a little dirty? <laughs> well, we're a little late uh, in this call. We had scheduled it earlier because we had a scheduling call with uh, Dave Schott. If you don't know who Dave is, he's a really powerful guy at NFL Network, and everybody bows to Dave Schott. And nobody ever talks back to him. Never. Uh, but he, he was talking about to e, uh, Ian Rappaport and I, uh, and me. Uh, Ian Rappaport, if you don't know him, he's a very powerful man at NFL Network as well. He, he's, uh, he has squashed our, some careers. That's true. About <laughs> he squashed something. Uh, about <laughs> our schedule over the next month, and, and just in case something happens, and so I, I've got days where I've got to be on call. And then I'm hosting Good Morning Football. Not hosting. I don't want to say that. I'm wow. sitting in for Peter Schrager. You're kind of a big deal, A little Mike. bit of a uh, Freudian gotta, slip I gotta, there. i got to reel that back in now. Uh, I am <laughs> yeah. uh, occupying a chair on Good Morning Football on, uh, I think it's Wednesday and Thursday. Wow. So, Ooh. Uh, that's a big job, Schrager's body double. Well, would Schrager yeah, be concerned if you really excelled? Let's say you came in with excellent knowledge, uh, as we would expect, and you just really show chemistry. Is Schrager suddenly on the hot seat in that operation? I mean, what are the chances I'm going to come with, with, with some of that stuff? Probably zero. Probably as good as me just growing a full head of hair tomorrow. Well, <laughs> what, about, what about the idea of showing up in a romper? That will take you, uh, take you places on that like show. That. Uh, a romper with some me undies underneath it. But but listen, hold on. But I'm, I'm not going to be a bar fly in either because usually my wife drinks with me, and I would love to share some news with you guys. My wife is is expecting. Oh wait, that's right. That's already been outed. Already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we went wide with that one. I had to check with Mike after the show to make sure we weren't breaking anything. Yes, congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Thank you very much. And there's nothing Thank worse. You. I told I, Mike and I talked about this at the media summit. Um, I said, you know, don't don't go on the baby moon. Don't do anything because like, it's not fun drinking when your wife can't drink with you and you're just sitting there. I. I I, the pregnancy thing with boozing was kind of a bummer for both of us, not just her. They don't fit very well, yeah. those two things. Um, last no, thing. And they, don't, and, well, they don't like it when they see you boozing in front of them. Yeah, no. Of course not. You kind of feel like a jerk. Um, last thing, Robbie or Nick, who you got? Oh, Robbie. All right, we're on that, we're on that kind of name with, uh, with, with Robbie. <laughs> I, I just, you know, he's got, you got the second-round pick, so unless he really, really falls apart, I'm going to have to go a while. Wow. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I feel it. Look, that was a pressure kick the other day. Okay. You know, we're going to end practice half an hour early. I'm a little skeptical. Like, what if he had, what if they had missed? Would they really have practice for another half hour? These coaches, they don't plan. I mean, maybe would have given them another kick and, and you make it. No, okay. That one was good. Yeah. We're I think Dirk Cutter was cutting practice short no matter what. But, Wyo <laughs> didn't know that. Folk didn't know that. And so that was a good pressure kick. And you want to see him respond to pressure, and he did there. So I believe that that was the kick heard around the world that will begin Roberto Aguayo's quest 
uh, to secure the job that should have been automatic for him, at least for a couple of years in the NFL. Score a vote for the kid. And uh, a thank you to Mike Garofolo at Mike Garofolo, and he mentioned his Snapchat account. Yeah, I just definitely him. a deft mention there. Mike underscore uh, Garofolo, uh, thank you very much, good sir, and uh, enjoy what we hope is a very quiet, dark period for you. Fingers crossed, bo- uh, boys and girls. Take All right, care. see. Thank you. <laughs> there it is. A vote for the kid. Aguayo. Folk. The biggest cliffhanger since that one episode of Friends when Rachel went to meet Ross at the airport after his work trip to China and was stunned to see Ross cuddling up to his new squeeze, Julie. (laughs) What is wrong with you? (laughs) You got to admit, though. Good parallel. Well, the parallel, you know, you can't take it away from me. It's a great parallel. And it is really, truly a great cliffhanger to go mm. out of minicamp and towards training camp. <laughs> That's what you were like, oh, you really wanted to record this morning. This entire podcast was <laughs> just building up to that moment and everything after this, Dan won't even remember. And a shout out, shout out to Adam Rank, who was up here when I went to record this. And uh, he reminded me that the woman's name was With Julie. Julie. Yes. Mm. Um, Rich to tell. <laughs> Very rich. <laughs> uh, Friends, have you ever seen that show, Greg? Please I had yes. no. I watched okay. a lot early. You've I, heard of it? I had oh. quit by that point. I th- believe in the in the program. That was like season believing two or three. in the program. He's, I love it. That's a great way. I to gave d- it like a I, year and a half or two. It's a good oh. reason to dumb shows. You lose. You know. Please. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. Elevate your underwear game to the next level with Meandies. What is MeUndies? Ah! Just seriously soft, feel-good undies delivered right to your door. Ah! MeUndies are designed in L.A. and made from sustainably sourced... Micro... Micromodal? A fabric three times softer than cotton. <laughs> MeUndies softer than soft luxury. Undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. You're looking at me, and that makes me uncomfortable. And guess what? (laughs) Uh, What? You can save time and money with a monthly subscription, and if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, MeUndies.com slash around the NFL. Yeah, you heard that, and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead, revamp your underwear drawer. You know why? Because you deserve it. Yes. com <laughs> slash around the NFL. Which leads us into our final segment of today's show. Unsolved mysteries. I always thought everybody's house was haunted. Growing in the up. NFL, mysteries. How how do they make this kombucha so tasty? It is Ooh. delicious. I, I have, have a little to say. slogan on the side. It's time for a better booch. We're all gonna be drunk <laughs> after this from kombucha. You feel a little toasty You're gonna right now. Gonna put some in your fridge, Dan. Will it be a part of the, the hands this family food? Uh, this looks like something that would be obnoxiously expensive. Yeah, it is. I have to say. Anyway, so here we are. We're through OTAs. We are through mini camps. Training camp starts right around a month from now. Um, so we've tried to, as uh, members of the football cognoscenti, figure out uh, what's going on with these teams, like getting a feel for teams and players and coaches and GMs. But we can't figure out everything. So. That's why we're going to talk about now some unsolved mysteries as we enter training camp. And Mark Sessler, get us going. I'm going to start in an obvious place, and I I apologize for doing that, but quarterback is the reason for me that these mini camps and and training camp leading up to the season matter. It's the reason for the season. There you go. And I look at Cleveland, and where we were last year in Cleveland, Hugh Jackson was – so on this Robert Griffin train that it, it, it seemed no matter what, he was going to become the starter. And right now you've got three quarterbacks in Cleveland, Deshaun Kaiser, Brock Osweiler, Cody Kessler, fourth, and Kevin Hogan, who's he's just there as a guy at this point. 
but they, they came out of yesterday's minicamp saying there's literally zero pecking order. We have no idea uh, who's going to be the starter. And I do believe in a way that it's it, that's not just lip service. There may be in-house people they'd like to see win it, but it is a true battle. And uh, it's concerning as it means you definitely don't have a number one. But it's a little bit different for me this time around, the vibe of it, than some of their previous um, battles with completely underwhelming characters involved. There's at least, like, Osweiler, it could be awful, but he's intriguing. Kaiser, I think, is intriguing as a rookie, and Kessler is sort of the safe guy that if you're starting with him, no one else really has shown. Brock Osweiler intriguing? Intriguing. Say? I did not say in talent. I just think he's like, yeah. I didn't even think he was going to be I'll on the team. I'll give you Kaiser. I didn't think he was going to be on the I'll team at this Kaiser. point. I don't know. Maybe with Hugh Jackson, maybe he'll be a little different. Brock. Again, I don't think he's. I, I don't want him to. He's the guy. He's he's this year's version of, of RG three for me. I don't want him. It's to a be mystery because we don't know where the Browns are going to go. Uh, real quick around the room. Over under starts. Brock Osweiler. I'll set it at seven and a half. Under. Mark. Under. Under. Oh, I can't believe <laughs> yeah. it. I think he'll be right in that. I think he's going to play about half the season. I really? Wow. I I, I think Kaiser will. Well, you know what? Actually, no, because they have Kessler there. And if yeah. they do talk themselves into Brock starting the season and it predictably won't work out, they'd probably bench him around the start of October or late September. Kessler would get his shot. And then they would probably, when they're like 2-7 and seven or 3-6, and six, maybe go to Kaiser to close the season. It, I could see that. It's a bad year for QB battles. I've written a column around this time kind of updating the QB battles at this point in the offseason. And I thought there's no point in doing it this year because – you know, Josh McCown and the Jets, I guess that's a battle, cares, but right? it seems like a farce. The Browns, it does seem wide open. I don't think you learned anything in the last few weeks, and I also don't think it has a huge impact on the NFL as a whole. What's their ceiling? Six or seven wins in a, in a really perfect world. Really, there's one battle that matters. Twelve wins, maybe twelve wins. There's one battle that matters at all, and it's in Denver, and that's it. Right. Uh, Connie. Well, this is a perfect segue because mine is also about quarterbacks, but it's more Ooh, spooky. Can Bill O'Brien develop them? Because we've heard it in the past. I guess that that's a battle too. I was wrong. He has this skill, and we just haven't really seen it yet. He's had a ton of middling quarterbacks that have rolled through there: Brian Hoyer, Case Keenum, Fitzpatrick, Mallett, Savage, Whedon, T.J. Yates, Brock. But now he has Deshaun Watson there, so this could be a true test for him whether or not he actually does have the capability of developing a young quarterback or is it just all hype with him working with Tom Brady and the stuff that he was able to do at Penn State and it maybe not translating to the NFL. They have wide receivers. They just drafted Donta Foreman and they have they have guys there that can help plus a great defense. So I think that's an unsolved mystery that maybe mm, we'll see. That's a good one. I like that. I think that's totally fair and there are – detractors out there who I think maybe get rubbed the wrong way about Bill O'Brien who point that out a little bit that like, is this guy really know how to teach that? Well, if his offense is so hard to learn that, that you can't do it. The, the, the counter argument to that is look at Ryan Fitzpatrick and Ryan and Brian Hoyer's numbers yeah. with him. I mean, Fitzpatrick had great. He had numbers a really good season. Hoyer had pretty great Didn't numbers. He have like one are, of the best QBRs. They, they basically him? played about as well as they've played under, under Bill. O'Brien. Yeah. Greg, you're up next. <laughs> it's very important we get that music. <laughs> I mean, it all hinges. My unsolved mystery is a looming, and I don't want to get dark. Uh-oh. But uh, you would think that one of the biggest stars in the league being under investigation in a domestic uh, abuse situation for more than a year would be a bigger story, and yet the Ezekiel Elliott investigation from the league is continuing they recently got you know documents from the nfl pa uh and that's just kind of been hanging out there i I don't want to blame anyone or anything for this but you would think they could that this would be wrapped up one way or another and because it's not i consider it something that's looming over this team and as part of that i'll at least point out a mystery to me is they do have two new starters on their offensive line. So can Ezekiel Elliott be as good as dominant or get even better this year with two new starters, assuming he's not suspended? It's very fair. It is kind of just hanging there. And there's little – an update comes out every few weeks, and it's not something like the update maybe you would expect was uh, the you know, there's no – the NFL does not plan to do any discipline, There's the blah, blah, blah. It just – Lingering. There's a lot of like, well, this it's a mystery. There's a lot of like 
under the radar. Well, this doesn't seem overly yeah. serious, and I I would hesitate on that. If it, this investigation is still happening, haven't we gone through these situations enough that you should take them all serious? It hasn't been a great off season for him with that and the the shirt incident. With with these investigations, is there like a in house like detective guy who's pounding the case like day after day? Out of months and months, Pat. That's that's why it's a mystery. Yeah. That's a mystery. How they solved yeah. the mystery is an unsolved mystery. I wish, yeah. <laughs> I wish this was a video show because I couldn't remember the quote unquote <laughs> shirt incident. So Colleen pantomimed what it was. <laughs> I don't. And I figured it, it out. A little pictionary. When uh, he supposedly. Uh, took oh that hold yeah that's I thought you meant wearing down. the half shirt no that was a no. different shirt incident yeah less salacious and inappropriate frankly yeah Mark I, I I would agree with you oh, I feel okay. like we barely talked about the Cowboys this off season uh, quiet for them for the most part here's a this is going to be I'll start with one name and then I could um, fan it out to a few others. <laughs> Robert Stack keeps on liking his grave. Like, wait, what was that? <laughs> over and over again. Is RG3's career over? Uh, is it just over? Is Robert Griffin III, who's obviously still unsigned, is his career over? I mean, should he go into broadcasting? I don't know if he would be good at that. I'm super. I gotta say, like, I know it went very poorly in Cleveland, but he was also beat up. It wasn't like he was. Um, so bad that it wasn't that poorly. Like in terms of just watching the play, I saw a lot of quarterbacks. I saw some quarterbacks play worse than RG three last year. End of his okay. end of the season, there was some progress. But I think it's like you sign up for RG three and you're wondering if you can get more than three or four games out of him out of out of a, during a season at this point. And 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 it, it, when once quarterbacks start going down, RG three is going to be on that short list. Unless we don't know what his agents telling teams that they even called about financials and what he wants. But isn't it it's it's I guess because we've all been here since he was that superstar for, you know, three months as a rookie. So it's still hard to kind of imagine that at age 27 or 28, he'd be completely out of football. But perhaps it's remarkable, mo- and it's kind of yeah. not a story. Either. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. More surprising is that nobody's even talking about it. It's almost like everyone has moved on from RG3, and and maybe and maybe that it's because everyone else is kind of on the same page that he just can't play anymore. The injuries basically sapped what he had physically, and he didn't maybe didn't have the other components. Uh, but I guess that's it. Yeah, he just peaked so early. And there are a couple other players. I think he's done. I don't think he's gonna get a job. Over under uh, games active RG three one half Oof. under taking the under yeah I don't he might I, have to go to the CFL you want your quarterback in on the roster by now so I'll go I'll go under also yeah uh, I think Kaepernick gets a job still I don't think you know, Revis there's some other big names. wait is RG three blackballed I don't think he's blackballed he's just Greg this is my segment I was going to bring up these other names oh okay Remember, I was going to fan well, out one of them was one of them <laughs> removes a mystery off one of my potential so I'm going to cook up another one quick what, why don't I get out of the way then and you well, go well no I think it's fine I have another one yeah <laughs> okay no I was just going to throw out some names notable guys Decker will get a job obviously Ryan Clady uh, Nick Mangold uh, DeAndre Levy Brandon Flowers, Paul Kruger, Gary Bondish still hasn't jumped. Wow. Why's nobody one. giving me a call on the phone? Give me a ring. He'll be fine. Somebody lose my no, am I blackballed? <laughs> no, no blackballed Gary Bondish. You are not Gary. Cause I'm British. No. Blackball my boy British. Jay Ajayi. Okay, I'm done. Go ahead. I was going to mention Revis, and I, I, I just, I'll be interesting to see if he yeah. plays again. Honestly, yeah, but. My, one for me that I think is a little longer rangy because I was thinking about like mysteries are typically around something kind of dark and like the team that brings up kind of the darkest energy for me right now. And it's not the Jets, honestly, because the Jets, there is clearly like a unified mind on what they're doing. Right. Uh, they're on they're seemingly on the same page. It keeps going to Chicago because it, forget just the quarterback thing. That's going to get figured out one way or the other. But it still bugs me. That if you're John Fox, you have to go to bed every night knowing that your front office basically iced you before the draft, kept you out in the dark, and wouldn't let you talk because, I honestly, the way it's been reported is they don't trust him not to go talk to others about what we're going to do. We're going to trade up. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. That your coach is the coach of a team with all sorts of issues, number one. 
you have a GM that went in rogue and did his own thing. And in some power structures, that's fine. That's not how I. It was previously- fine on, in draft day. When uh, Sonny did it in draft day. Sure, fictional, you know, and what happened <laughs> What happened to that team, we don't know. They don't exist after, after the end of that movie. <laughs> yeah. But the Bears and the Fox and Pace do have to coexist. And all the buzz coming out of there is negative, mm. that they aren't on the same page. And when you look at these teams, you say, by November, what is the team where there could be a house cleaning, there could be major issues? Chicago's the one that sticks up for me. So it's not like it's a quarterback mystery, a position thing that's going to be solved by training camp, but I just feel a lot of negative energy around the Chicago Bears. Are you trying to say that the unsolved mystery could be that John Fox takes out Ryan Pace? Or vice versa. Whoa. Like, takes out in what way? I'm just saying. You went a little far. One of them is missing suddenly. (laughs) Do we have to get Frank Signetti on the case? That would literally (laughs) show up on Unsolved Mysteries, the real show. Frank Signetti, private eye. Well, um, here's a mystery. What happened to that guy? <laughs> yeah, he he landed the, somewhere, I believe. Yeah, he's with got the a, Giants, I believe. Yeah, he is. is. He? That's exactly where he is. Yeah. Huh. He went to the Big Apple well, to that- clean up the streets. <laughs> <laughs> he um he oversaw the worst year of Eli Manning's career. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. <laughs> All right, Connie. Okay. <clears throat> Why hasn't Eddie Lacy tried Beachbody yet? That's sort of... Isn't he doing that? He is doing it. Not a mystery. He's doing Beachbody. He's a he's, paid he's consultant. He's had an excellent success with it. This says, I've torpedoed my own segment. So <laughs> maybe by Mark Sessler. He has posted on social media that he's all about that Beachbody. He's, he's made a... Uh, Two way in so far is made. Yeah, we could cut yeah. the music for this one because we yeah solved it. He solved. He, he. I thought he, he's doing Beachbody. This would be like the equivalent on Unsolved Mysteries, and it was always the best part of the episode. <laughs> At the end of it, it'd go update, update, Beach and then <laughs> bang, they tell you, oh, this 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 woman was found, her body was found in the swamp. <laughs> Terrible. This is a little different, but yeah. <laughs> or the, the Virgin Mary that was on the, the dish towel was actually just mud. It was confirmed. Right. Uh, <laughs> the visage. Uh, you know, one of those things. Okay. Solid. All right. So yeah, that's not going to work out. I was going to get into how the Seattle running backs. Yeah. Are well, gonna I- shake out <laughs> just the depth chart in ge- in general. That's I, a little bit unsolved. I think that's yeah. still a mystery. Yeah. Um, I was gonna. That was mine. So I'm gonna well, jump in here anyways. Do I didn't it. Come up with that was next, yours. Uh, well, that was mine, mine too. <laughs> Go. All right. So listen, they have a ton of depth. Obviously, they have Rawls. Oh, Colleen just won a power play there with Greg, and I enjoyed it. I know. Look, Eddie Lacy. He's staying on target now with Beachbody, Doing as great. he has been for a little while. Um, they have Lacey and Rawls, which are basically both the, the same type of power runners. They have Prosize, who can run routes like a wide receiver. Alex Collins. They brought in Mike Davis like for depth. They don't hey, need Mikey. depth at all. So I want to know how it's going to shake out, who's going to come out on top, and, and what the order is going mm. to be there. I think it's been under the radar that Rawls uh, won a playoff game for them last year that he was coming off two major injuries back-to-back when he was struggling earlier in the year. He carried them to a playoff win. When was the last time we saw Eddie Lacy play as well as Thomas Rawls played in that game? Thomas Rawls is reportedly flying around the field at OTAs. No one's mentioned the fact, okay, yeah, Eddie Lacy's on beach, buddy. He's not playing football. He's still recovering from an ankle injury. That's fair, dog. And he's often hurt. And I, I've always really liked Thomas Rawls as a player, and he's been talking like he's really motivated because they brought in Lacey, and I think he ends up being the guy to ride if you're taking him in fantasy football. Very fair. I also think they brought in Eddie Lacey because of doubts about both of the the other backs they had in their durability. I get it. I mean, if we're going to kill Eddie Lacey for being hurt, Thomas Rawls, most of his career has been in an injury situation. So I think what's different is that if there was a previous regime that we were part of you know, the Seahawks team, was like, we're going to ride Marshawn Lynch as the 85% of the carries. It could be very different this year. It could look different. And I, Eddie Lacy, for me, at least, the guy has put in effort. He seems like he does very much care about showing up in Seattle and reviving his career. I think they've got an interesting backfield that could be quite, quite dangerous. Um, and uh, finally, uh, this one, Unsolved Mystery... It's connected to the New Orleans Saints and Sean Payton, the head coach. He had this to say on Wednesday after rookie cornerback Marshawn Lattimore had a very nice day in practice. Uh, And uh, Sean Payton, when he spoke to the media, he wanted to show that he's up with the music. He made made a couple plays today. Listen, I told him, you know, he's going to be like Kendrick Lamar. They're all going to get in line to to go see him. 
you know, and that's just how it is until that's how it is for a rookie corner, you know. So there'll be a long line waiting to test him, and, and he understands that. And, you know, uh, that's part of part of that status. So here's the unsolved mystery. One, who is the next hugely popular uh, figure, celebrity, that Sean Payton will use in dad speak to show that he's hip and can connect to the younger fellas? Mm, so much to choose from. I mean, that was such a stretch of uh, analogy. Anyway, it didn't make sense. Thank you. That was and worse than my Beachbody comment. One of my favorite things about this article was Marshawn Lattimore saying, like, yeah, he's thrown that out a couple times to me. Oh, he's like, working he's, it hard. He's working it hard, as you say. Like It's like he reached out to his sons or one of his kids and was like, all right, who's like the big rapper right now? I know. Uh. And, and then he made sure to shoehorn it in just to show. And I do I like... Mean, sit, sit down, Sean Payton. Be humble. <laughs> um, I do like Mike, Mike Triplett of ESPN. This is where I got that quote from and then uh sully did a nice job pulling it up but uh, this is how the the quote was set up by triplet on espn.com uh then sean payton topped off the session session with his best one-liner of the offseason off to date flashing his ability ability to continue adapting his message to younger players oh god well i think he still has some way to go can i just say it's inside his dna uh, uh, okay okay so. uh, I, I caught your See humble you. I caught you yeah. humble. We yep. see you. We see Salah. <laughs> Damn. We didn't try to answer your question. Anybody? Uh, yeah, you name it. Who will be? W.C. Fields. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean. I mean, it's tough to step up. I don't think Young Thug's going to get, yeah. get as much. Uh, Who's the guy that did Broccoli last year? <laughs> He's got to go a little bit of a different industry. Little Yachty. Go a little yeah, Yachty. his new one's out. You know, check it out. Why yeah. another hip? It needs to be someone a little from another industry to show he's versatile. He's, he understands all aspects of Lord. culture. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe some maybe some type of pun, like whoever the new left tackle is going to be. It's like, this kid's got a real chance. <laughs> <laughs> the rapper. No. No? It didn't even no. make sense. People aren't coming up to Kendrick Lamar to test it. It's it, it was labored. I'll give you that. I think it made it just made the cutoff for making sense, but it doesn't mean it was a good. Maybe quip. it was like one of those things where someone was like, "Hey, if you work this in, I'll buy you a sandwich." Like, and he's like, <laughs> "I worked it in." <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, those were the unsolved mysteries uh, that we um, are are interested in as we head into the dark period. Now, a little housekeeping. Uh, we will be back, back to the two-show schedule now, um, up until the start of training camp. So you'll probably hear from us again on Tuesday, and um, so make sure you tune in for that. And and Mark, you have a great time on your vacation. Yeah, That's thank you. Important. And I do want to point out that I noticed it. It 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 did it did catch my eye that during our phoner with Mike Garofolo, during the phoner, you tweeted out. The new Heat and Light podcast is out. I did. I was sitting, my, the phone sitting on my phone. I real I forgot it was sitting on my phone on the The I Heat and Light podcast. Uh, host. You and Connor Orr, of course. Uh your side project. Um It's a little disrespectful to Mike. A little, but, you know. Uh, Mike got shorted a little bit there, I'm just gonna say. You know, Greg, of all people <laughs> to try to bring up that as a as an issue, I have I have liberally retweeted Dan's podcast. I have appeared on Dan's podcast on an upcoming Spoiler show. Spoiler alert! So I th- I think that it's fair to uh, support each other's project. Wait a second, that is not what I was saying. At all. I don't. I don't I was think more, it was about. Mike. I was talking about Mike Garofolo. Yeah. Well, not, uh, Greg's trying to, to tear down my relationship with Mike Garofolo. And I, Mike and I are Mike show. and I are fine. Mike and I are doing great. Dan couldn't be happier right now. Um. But no, that is that is my way of uh, saying check it out. What is this ep- this week's episode about, Mark? I it is about uh, I would say I would put it under the term of haunted house, a haunt like a, a very concerning true haunting. Ooh! <laughs> so like an it. app song. There you go, the haunted house. RJVP, get you back to check the out the throwback pod as well. You know, the killer is hot fuss. We broke down Bob Castrone and I this Ooh. week. Check that out, Colleen. Your side project. Uh, coming out soon. Marital Blitz got squashed, so. <laughs> Ooh, did it really? <laughs> yep. Canceled. Canceled. But you've been on Sheck a lot lately. I have been. A lot. 
Uh oh. Like a lot. Is lately. this a thing? Trying to call it's that a, a side thing? project. Well, <laughs> I'm just trying to fill some time. Oh no, it's of course Colleen. Oh. But Colleen's going to be with us a lot uh, this summer, so we're we're going to you know continue to work together and enjoy ourselves because we got a great bond, the four of us. It's great. And Sully behind the glass. Yeah, guys. Hi. <laughs> Stan, let's this go. This has crashed to an let's awkward ending. All right. <laughs> uh, that's it. This is Dan Hansa signing off for a quiet storm. Connie Fox, the old boss, and Sully behind the glass. Till Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.